Welcome to the Age of Organizational Effectiveness. This is a podcast that explores stories about organizations and their performance. I'm your host, Charles Chandler. So today we're up to episode number 33 in our podcast series. We're calling this The Value of Intentional Values. And specifically, we want to answer the question, can we take our values to the bank? Which is a question that, you know, might arise along your journey. So we've been talking about management by positive organizational effectiveness. And the first phase of that process is be virtuous. And we had a podcast episode on being virtuous. Today, I want to get into that in a little bit more depth. Uh, and point out three reasons why you want to be intentional about your values. And there's an acronym that sort of helps remember these three. It's D-A-P. So the first one, D, is about the diversified workforce that we currently have in place. And, you know, people from many different backgrounds are in the workforce these days. They're different in many respects from earlier generations. Minorities are there. People from different national origins are there. The old and the young are together there. We don't know, from a management point of view, what that amounts to in terms of cultural values as we bring all of those folks together in in one place. The organization itself needs to be intentional about what values it wants to bring into the workplace and guarantee and incorporate into its processes and self-monitor basically over time to be sure that they can be relied upon. Things like openness, honesty, doing what's right for the customer, and so many other things that you might think of. So the diversified workforce is one reason. The second reason is because values are amplifying in the demand-side responses to the organization. So if we go out to the supply-demand interface and we look at the supply side, and the supply side, of course, is what you're offering through your products and services. And so these products and services have certain attributes. Let me give you an example. I was recently in a McDonald's and I was given a brochure that talked about the food philosophy of McDonald's. And it says, we've heard you. As a restaurant, we're proud to say we've made some changes for you, our customers. Because where would we be if it weren't for everyone who walks through our doors daily? So we have a list here of things that they've changed. They're, they're now sustainably sourcing their espresso. It says, we're proud to serve Rainforest Alliance certified espresso made with sustainably sourced espresso beans. And that's 100% of them, not just 20% or 30%, because you simply can't cut corners on quality. On beef, they've got 100% pure beef. It says, as a restaurant built on burgers, we take pride in letting our beef be, well, beef. That's why we don't add fillers, additives, or preservatives to our beef patties. Only a pinch of salt and pepper. And as far as chicken goes, it says, we're proud to serve. We serve chicken that has not been treated with antibiotics important to human medicine. This includes our artisan grilled chicken made with 100% chicken breast fillet with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. 
And the chicken nuggets made with 100% white meat chicken. Because that's how we like our chicken, and we know you will too. Uh, on the upgraded salad greens, uh, some think the toppings make the salad, but we think it's the greens. It's why we only use crisp, chopped, romaine, baby spinach, baby kale, red leaf, lettuce, and ribbon-cut carrots in our premium salads. Eggs. Eggs are fresh cracked at breakfast, and so breakfast doesn't get any simpler than a fresh cracked egg. It's the way we start every McMuffin sandwich. And when it comes to fish, we only use wild-caught Alaskan pollock from sustainable fisheries in our filet fish and we've never stopped being inspired by sustainable practices like these to embrace new ones. So this is what McDonald's is up to. And basic point I want to make here is that they've expressed some values in this handout, and it's trying to change the narrative that runs in the back of our heads as we decide whether we want to pull into a McDonald's or not. If we're a millennial and we believe in sustainable practices and rainforest coffee and we don't believe in antibiotics in our chicken and so on, we're not even going to pull into the parking lot if we know uh, that McDonald's is, is not doing what we, what we would prefer. So these become basically attributes, attributes attached to our products and services. They become, they become either attractors or detractors in bringing the customers in and deciding whether they're going to use your services. So if you're looking at the supply-demand interface, it's all about the package on the supply side and the attributes that are attacked, attached to the package. If I'm buying a Big Mac and I... Now know McDonald's is doing 100% beef and all the other good things that I might like to have in my burger, then I'm going to pull the trigger and, and buy that uh, for lunch. On the other hand, if the attributes that are being offered are not those that I prefer, then I'm going to go somewhere else and um, where I know that those things might exist. So, when you include values like that, you're taking them to the bank because that transaction wouldn't occur unless the values were there and they were expressed and they were guaranteed. So it's the same out on the web. You know, if you're looking for a shirt online, let's say, you want one that's green and medium sized, it's a polo shirt, uh, less than $15, made in the USA with a certain kind of fabric. If you don't find that out there, you're not gonna, you're not gonna buy it. You're gonna wait until you do have all the attributes satisfied before you make that purchase. The same happens at the grocery store. If you go to the grocery store, you're looking for some milk. You can't find the two percent milk or the almond milk or whatever it is you prefer. You're not gonna buy milk that day. So your values expressed as attributes become go or no-go decisions for the consumer. But if you have those preferred attributes in your products and services, they're going to buy from you and you can take that to the bank. So it becomes an amplifying uh, process which helps attract uh, consumers to things that you are offering to the environment. The third thing, the P, is attributes are also protective. Uh, we talked about DAP, 
D being the diversified workforce, A being the amplifying uh, factor of attribute values or values of attributes, and the last one, protective, because if you have values within your processes, they can protect you from falling in to problems along the way. For instance, Wells Fargo, recently in the news because of 5,000 employees that created bogus credit cards and were reaping some incentive rewards internally, would that have occurred if they had signed on to a pledge of certain values when they joined Wells Fargo and the culture supported that? It could have been protective, but apparently it wasn't. Let's talk about Fox News. Fox News is in the news now for sexual harassment. They paid a $20 million settlement recently and probably others. Their values are suspect because of what's gone on there. Clearly, other values, more, more positive values, could have been protective if the culture supported it and the management supported it. Um, so these are simply a few examples of how intentional values and, and building values intentionally into our processes can be of great benefit and can not only help us grow and to serve highly specialized groups in the, in the marketplace, but over time can be quite protective of our organization as well. Um, in order to take advantage of these kinds of values that you are offering, uh, you need not only to determine what those are and ensure that they're being implemented and guaranteed within your processes, but you also need to broadcast to the consumer that these are present. And this was the kind of thing that McDonald's was doing in their brochure. So the long-term consequences of poor values can definitely be a drag on an organization. 20 years of corrosive values within an organization can bring it to its knees, and we see um, examples of that from time to time in the media. So I, w I don't want to belabor the point today, but I just wanted to jump into this area, point out some, some things I've been thinking about, and see where that would take us. So I'm going to wrap it up for today. Join us again next week when we'll again talk about uh, stories of organizations and their performance. You can access all of our podcast episodes at our website, ageofoe.com. So goodbye for now until next week. Mm -hmm.